that. that was well, sick. it's recording anyway. We'll call it good. Okay. Yeah. All right. So bottom line, um, implying SE2, throw up a link here. I'll throw it into our group chat so that you can follow along if you want. Basically, he says, I'm a Masters 1 player. I've kind of flirted. I've been in GM from time to time over the last few years in StarCraft. And I made a bet with my uncle where he said that over a year, he can get to the point where he can take a game off of this guy, off of implying. He's never played StarCraft before. I don't think he's ever touched an RTS before. And bet him $500 that he'd be able to do this Christmas 2019. Esports, no skill. Yeah, he just doesn't respect it at all. So <laughs> we were wondering what it would take for this guy. He's probably, what did he say, 50, something around there? An mm. older gentleman. Uh, what would it take for him to get to the point where he can take a game off of this dude who is effectively GM level if he works his butt off at it? That's, oh man. I mean, what would be so cool is if he's actually like loaded and he can like <laughs> afford to just be like, well, I just, I mean, I just do whatever I enjoy. And right now my, my nephew's pissing me off, man. He's being a dick about these silly video games. <laughs> I'm going to prove him wrong. And like, he actually just like trains all day, every day. But like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at this post now as well. And it's like, you know, the uncle's, he's just like, yeah, like they're, they're just video games, like whatever, they're silly. It's like, it's so funny, right? Cause like, Starcraft will like bring you off your high horse even when you love the game. <laughs> you go into it like disrespecting it. It's like, ha! You're you're not gonna progress at all. You're gonna have a terrible time. Um, you're gonna get wrecked. So like it's it's just crazy because like even that the attitude change alone would be so necessary. But even then, it's like high masters, low GM. What, what do you guys reckon? Like, uh, gee, uh, full time, a year, possible if it's full time. Bingo. That's what I'm thinking. If he doesn't have a day job, if he can sit down and play this thing for 16 hours a day and get some coaching, some really good coaching, maybe, maybe in 12 months he can take a game off this guy, assuming that implying is also training at the same time. I just don't think I don't think it's possible. I don't think there's enough time to get to that level of StarCraft, especially. And I mean, I don't know if this is fair or not, but especially if you're a bit older, right? says it's in his 50s. If this was somebody who was, you know, 17, 18 years old, twitch reflexes are faster, the brain's a bit more malleable, he can learn things more quickly. Um, I just don't see it. I don't think it's possible. I suggested we put him in the Korea team house. Get him to learn with that. <laughs> <laughs> Trial by fire. Sponsor him to stay in the Korea team house and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that'll go well with everyone else who's in there to actually practice for their careers. Hey, he's, he's practicing for his career. $500 is a lot. Actually, 500 pounds. Sorry. 500 pounds. So it's more than $500, actually. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> that's, so, yeah, that's the consensus then, I think. we it's, If it's possible, it's very, very hard to do. Yeah. It's like the motivation along the way would be so hard, right? We're like, yeah, this is technically possible. <laughs> it's like yeah. the amount of effort and dedication and, like, you know, resourcefulness, like, I'm thinking just about the ups and downs. The, the number of times you feel like you're at a plateau and you're not getting any better and you actually even feel like you're getting worse because that's like improving at anything is hard. Any skill-based, like any skill, right? It could be a hobby, whatever. But like if you're like learning how to sew real good, like the needle doesn't just start stabbing you for no reason. Like, and that's, that's Starcraft, <laughs> right? It's like, no, the other guy's job is to like screw up everything you try to do. It's, <laughs> the game's going to bite you in the ass constantly. It's like, you need, you need to hit the bottom of the barrel and just be like, feel like shit and find a way to like soldier through. And it's like such a good exercise for learning, right? Like I, I feel like Starcraft is so good for that. Cause it, <laughs> you need to actually be focused on good learning technique 
not on what most people are, which is like, oh, oh, look, I'm a bit better. Oh, I achieved the next level. Oh, I achieved the next level. Oh, I got up the next ranking or whatever, you know, whatever skill it is. Usually there's like so many more things along the way that tell you you're getting better. And in StarCraft, it's like, no, you need to like have so much more patience and just focus and determination to get to that point. And yeah, there are so many times where your brain convinces you that you're done. You can't get any better. You're actively getting worse. It's not worth continuing. And you just have to power through that. You have to convince yourself to keep going um, or else you are done at that point. At that point, your brain wins. Because yeah, like Summicron and I are playing uh, 2v2 ladder right now. And we had a stream. We were doing this on Twitch where it was a two hours of just win, 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 win. We got ranked up a couple times. It was fantastic. We were feeling good about ourselves. And then the very next stream, we lost like seven of nine games and just got crushed by everyone. And we were like, wow, we suck. We thought we were good at this game. That is not true. And yeah, if you're trying to continue to climb up that ladder, you really can't let your brain get stuck in that mode. You got to come back and get on the horse and keep trying. I'm, I'm loving this thread, by the way. Uncle Croft 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Croft has left the game. 2019, Wings of Rage, Global Starcraft League. I'm <laughs> just like, these comments are getting me. <laughs> Everyone's just loving it. These damn millennials are OP. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely this. I mean, he, he's probably going to be like, you're a patch millennial. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about getting somebody to cast it, and I was like, that kind of sounds fun, except I'm pretty sure the uncle's just going to get stomped. I'm not sure how fun that would be to cast, to be honest. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of, like, how do I leave the game? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. It's, like, implying is like, yeah, like, dancing his units and stuff. He's, like, he's like spraying BM in game and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> just goes full larva, plays with his feet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, it'd be brutal. That still is just <laughs> the funniest, like, stunt. I'm like, there is some, like, funny, like, showboating and ceremonies, but that was just, like... Wow. <laughs> it's like, really? Your feet, man? <laughs> this is the most yeah, embarrassing thing ever. He's on a different level. He's a super, super crazy dude. Real good, though. Well, the next thing I wanted to ask you, Pig, as long as we have you, is I was looking through the replays from Home Story Cup, and I was trying to find a really long PVT, like, macro game, 20, 25, 30 minutes plus for one of my subscribers. He really loves PVT. I couldn't find one. <laughs> the longest PVT I could find at Home Story was maybe 18, 19 minutes. Yeah. There is a whole lot of stuff that's over in 10, maybe 12 minutes. And from the games that I've cast from Home Story and since, it really feels like the reason for this, again, I could be wrong about it, but it feels like Protoss has a hard time with early Terran pushes with Cyclones, Banshees, Marauders, Marines, Bunkers, things like that. It's kind of funny, isn't Would it? You yeah, I kind of noticed the same thing. Sorry, I'll let you finish. No, that's it. I was wondering what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I um, I didn't catch all of Home Story. It's like the worst time zone for me. And I've been kind of dipping in and kind of casting the old replay series here and there. Especially the ones... I have so many games at Home Story, right? It's like a, a treasure trove yeah. of replays. And it's kind of funky as well because it's so new on the patch. But most of the pros were playing two years ago in a very similar balance state with like the, the Cyclone and stuff. Um, so there's been a lot of reversions, right? The Hydra's kind of gone back a step to where it used to be a little bit. It's like not quite as, as damaged. But um, TVP, yeah, it was like what? Tasia did the old classic 111. Uh, it was just like reactive yeah. barracks, get a Cyclone, rally tanks, get a Liberator after the first medevac and just build, try to build bunkers as well. Um, we saw tons of these weird two base timings we saw the classic um the classic build not classics build but the original widow mine cyclone all in 
which innovation tried on zest and zest actually shut down i feel like it's this thing where <sighs> terran is the more aggressive race and they had so little time to figure their shit out and they were like let's just go tight aggressive attacks let's just go um and try to finish it early and i think usually you have this period where if the terrans especially in like best of threes or best of ones i think they're good on the new patch because people haven't figured out how to defend usually it takes a bit longer to figure out how to defend the pushes than it does to, to you know execute so i think a lot mm, of the terrans yeah. just went in there like mega decisive and were able to just kind of take almost some easy wins with some of these pushes some of these odd timings that are hard to see ahead of time and that's kind of your goal as terran right like try and make sure they don't know it's coming and then proto speed a little bit too greedy won't have the the gateways ready right on time or whatever um but yeah i was kind of i was i was like looking at that tournament i was like i can't wait to see the tempest in action feel like this unit's too fast too accessible a little bit op right now you know i reckon it's gonna be really interesting to see if any of the terrans can deal with it and i was like nope no game went past like you said 10 12 minutes i was like oh okay yeah all right that's it i guess it's almost it's like the old answer how do you beat sky toss don't let protoss get there and it's kind of like how do you beat the new tempest don't let them get there kill them first <laughs> exactly a big part of it, too, I think, is the new Cyclone ability with the lock-on where they can hit the ground. It's just so, so good. I saw Tasia especially rush for that, um, God, is it Mag-Lev upgrade? Magfield, yeah. Magfield, yeah, where it doubles the damage done to armored targets to 800. I mean, that wrecks stalkers, pylons, shield batteries. Three So much of the stuff in the early game is armored. Three lock-ons to Nexus as well. And that's like the worst yeah. feeling. If like three cyclones come in from an unexpected angle, you're like, no. And they can run circles <laughs> around it from like a screen away and like a unit's kind of catch them and it dies. And you're like, oh. Oh, it's brutal. So I guess what I'm thinking is I'm expecting some kind of a cyclone nerf coming in sometime sooner rather than later how do you feel about that i don't that? think it will actually i think it's one of these weird mm. units where it's so strong but it's so hit or miss um so th the the way i kind of like i often skip a step and i'm like oh yeah the cyclone just limits interaction right and that's me skipping like an explanation step when i'm talking to like viewers on the stream or something so the cyclone is so good at like shutting down a single oracle that harasses uh, or a warp prism or anything like that because it just like locks on and shuts it down. You try to poke with like a few stalkers, which you used to do, and you could like, you know, dance around a widow mine, whatever. You could dance around the unupgraded marines, be a real pain. And now it's just like, no, if there's a cyclone, like you to get back to your side of the map, unless you've got enough units to just surprise, get on top of it and kill it. Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of really good for like denying harass. But as it grows in numbers, it's one of these units where if you're not prepared for it, and there's like that, you know, some people call it battle mech, I call it race car mech. Because it's kind of like lock on, <laughs> run away, scan. And then like the enemy turns to run to try to break the lock and you turn around and chase them. They turn to fight, you run away. They turn to run, you turn to chase. It's like you're just driving back and forwards, <laughs> like killing units for free. But it's it's so funny because like you can win without losing a single unit. Or you can get flanked or force fielded or they can hit you in multiple mineral lines where your cyclones aren't and you can lose the game very suddenly like the cyclones are so fragile you know you'll see people like going like trying to mass up into that mech and like i'll attack them with like gateway units and uh you just get a warp prism and you just a move and you just keep your warp prism behind your units just picking up and breaking the lock-ons and if you oh. keep breaking those lock-ons the cyclone does no damage it's like super terrible unit for how expensive and they just build so slow because you need a tech lab on each factory which is the biggest thing it just takes a little bit that, too long to get a lot of them up yeah that is huge that's the one change if there were reactor cyclones now i think it'd be oh even God. harder for protoss to hold so that was a good change by blizzard terrible. that decision was fantastic that would be horrifying. yeah 
<laughs> reactor cyclones in the state would be horrific. I need to see that. I need to see somebody using the warp prism to break that lock on uh, over and over. That just sounds like some incredible stuff. Yeah, you get to like a maxed battle. You're not really going to be able to click fast enough for it. But like those early game like skirmishes, yeah. it's 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 game changing. Like, and I, this is something which luckily I was you know playing a lot and learning the races back when the cyclone used to be like this. So I remember games on like Frozen Temple where you'd be like, oh, you'd be trying to hang on. And you're like, oh, and you're trying to dance units up your ramp to try to break the vision. And then like, you're almost dying. And then the prism would come out and you've got like three orange stalkers or something and a prism. But then suddenly you're like, yep, get out of here. And the Terran's like, I gotta get out of here, man. There's a prism. I can't do damage anymore. And like these two cyclones suddenly look like a really weak unit. And you're like, oh, wow, that's crazy how much it changes. So yeah, it's 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 very hit or miss with the cyclone. So I think the cyclone is going to stay the way it is. Um, It's really good for shutting down like Banshees and stuff in TVT as well. So I think, I think it's this cool unit where it kind of forces a reaction slash limits interaction. So what I mean by that, right, is I kind of conceptualize the unit as being like, it's really good at shutting down harass. So just having your opponent knowing you have one means they're not going to harass as much, like little little harassments, little oracles poking in. Because if they go too deep, they just die. Right? You keep the cyclone a little bit back in your base. If they get halfway into your base, it's dead. It won't get out in time. Um, yep. Likewise, with you can't do like a little, the old like double cyclone drop used to do. People like to do that sometimes with just a few marines, go drop, screw around like that. It's just going to die to the lock on too easily. So a lot of that stuff gets shut down. And then there's the fact that that battle mech style is kind of scary. So people can't really like, like, like you can go a few cyclones and you can force a bit of an over response. But I think as people like get the, the responses down really well, you're never going to like, it's going to only really be like those kind of meme styles where people keep massing the cyclones. And it's always going to be sort of like a surprising strategy. So I actually think the cyclone will stay as it is. And this is nothing that I saw coming because um, I was really confused when they were voting the Cyclone. And I remember the, the, the designers were real confident. They're like, no, no, we're like, we remember what the Cyclone used to do like this. We think it'll be really good for like a few of the matchups and stuff. And I was like, I'll just have to wait and see, I guess. And now I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember how it it's so good, but it's, it's much more fragile. And it, like the other Cyclone was just this meaty kind of crazy unit in, in certain engagements which I guess wasn't noob friendly, which is why they removed it. What, what do you guys think of this? Because like you had, if you like microed well against the old cyclone, it would not really be very effective. If you could like, you know, you'd say like perfect pros stutter stepping stalkers and they'd kill like heaps of cyclones with like just a few stalkers. But then you'd see low level players and you'd see three cyclones kill every probe and six stalkers. And you'd be like, whoa. So I don't know. I think, I think they just had too many players dying of cyclones and getting frustrated, which is why they changed it. And now people are getting a new type of frustration. I don't know. It, because it, it, they, I don't know. They're like more powerful. They're less powerful. It's really hard to hard to gauge. It's you know it's also very circumstantial, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think my favorite part is the fact that you just need to have a tech lab now. Uh, so that way, because I think it was a volume thing uh, with the the old new cyclones. Uh, it's, it gets confusing in a read. Anyway, the last iteration, uh, you know, it was a volume thing that I think really, really got to some people, especially in lower leagues. I, I know top top tier play, completely different ball game. But from my experience, it was just like, oh wow, there's twelve cyclones. <laughs> this is uh, I, I have I have four stalkers and a shield battery. Let's let's hope for the best. Um, I mean, special. What he took the one game off stats at BlizzCon was yeah, it's like. 12 cyclones and a bunch of, it was like eight cyclones a bunch of widow mines and stuff and like some bio <laughs> right. it was, and yeah it was like it got delayed by four minutes and still won <laughs> by force fields i was like oh okay <laughs> all right then 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just feeling bad for my one sub who really likes long PVTs, and it just seems like the state of the game right now is you're not going to see that. Yeah, as, as much. Get on those, unfortunately, like, it's possible, but unlikely. Play packs, maybe or something, right? I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the games. <laughs> I haven't. Have you guys been watching any like the online tournaments? I haven't been catching much. No, I haven't been able to get much either. No, no and yeah. unfortunately, my current job uh, blocks Twitch. Oh, um, so that's terrible. And that, dude. that was. You need- that was the you thing is I job. watched the EU tournaments live while I worked. It was great, but now I can't. I, now I just have to be productive. Ugh. Deal, deal breaker, deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So another question here for you, Pig. So you uh, play all three races, as is well established and well known. What are your thoughts on the current state of the game as far as race balance goes? Are there any suggestions you would have for small changes? As far as um, specific units or maybe specific maps, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I'm always like super conservative on on this front, um, and playing all three races means I don't usually get, I guess, uh, exposed to like you know one race's sufferings in a certain situation or a certain map as much. There's not as much concentration, so there's a lot less angst. Um, mm. add eight years of playing StarCraft and realizing that I'm not having fun if I'm angry about the state of balance and using that as an excuse. And it leads to this thing where I'm, I'm always very reluctant to make balance assessments. But design-wise, I think Terran being a little bit easier is like something, but it's, it's kind of hard without having some hard, like really hard to develop. Like like, like coding-wise, you, you need to put in a lot of money as the company. Like you need to put some actual people in. Because, like, to make Terran a bit easier, you could do things like uh, make it so you can queue up an add-on, like when you start building a building or something. Or you can, like, queue it so, like, oh, when this building finishes building, lift and go land on that add-on. Because one of the big problems with Terran is you have, like, just more stuff you have to do than the other races. And there's not really many shortcuts to streamline it. Like, building depots, you just need to go and constantly build depots. You can't build six or seven overlords at once or queue up six or seven pylons with a single probe. Uh, I'm sure you can queue six depots at a time, as we sometimes do when we realize we've been supply blocked for two minutes and we're floating 2,000 minerals. But it's obviously it's not right. good. Yeah, you're like, ah. so you meant to do it like every 30 seconds, go back and, and build another depot, right? And that's right. exhausting, as is swapping add-ons, which you need to do for good Terran builds. Like with beginner builds, I often try to teach people, don't try to do the fancy add-on swapping as much. You know, just get your barracks, get the add-ons on them add your buildings, build the add-ons next to them because I realize how much time they waste just like as a beginner floating buildings around their base um, and then, you know, placing buildings correctly and walling off. And then you've got to drop mules, which is a much more important mechanic for Terran, I find, uh, to keep doing regularly, whereas you're not punished as much if you bank up your chrono boost or your injects. So combine that with the micro-heavy nature of Terran, the fact that their late game is like way more complicated than the other races. So usually you're more aggressive. You're trying to win in the mid game, the early game or at least get advantages there. It leads to just this APM overwhelm um, for Terran to achieve the same results. A lot of people, I talk about Terran being the hardest mechanical race, and they're like always like, Big says is the hardest. He plays all three. His, his Terran <laughs> MMR is lower than his Zergen Protoss. Like, ah, quick, let's use this as an excuse for why we're losing our ladder games. And I'm always like, don't do that, guys. That's that's so dumb. Like, go like, If you actually think that, go play another race or a different game, because as soon as you do that, you're not having fun. But I'm, I'm totally okay with people saying, oh, our race is a bit too hard. Blizzard, can you make it a little bit easier mechanically somehow, one way or another? Well, and especially considering how they gave Protoss the little quality of life change where it automatically warp gates your gateways once warp gate has been researched. Yeah. 
that's right? that's something, so something like that for Terran. Exactly. I was like, wouldn't that be cool? And and that's where the coding thing. I was talking about that on my stream the other day, and someone who's a is a programmer was like, that would be that's much that's so easy to put in though. They're like, it's literally just make it so this is a spell and autocast. It's all built into the game already. Those mechanics, queuing up add-ons would be harder. He was saying and stuff, and I was like, okay, fair enough. But if we could have anything we wanted, I think definitely like that sort of shit for Terran. It's it's it would be so nice. What exactly is it? I'm sorry, I think I missed. Um, there was the the the, the warp gates automatically transform now when the, right 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 the thing was done. Okay, that's what I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So kind of proposing like a similar quality of life change for Terran, where they can queue up a reactor on a barracks that is building something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, or it's like an SCV gets like <laughs> you set it on depot builder mode, and it just keeps queuing up depots next to where it's done it <laughs> in like a little nice grid. <laughs> So as long as you put the first one in an empty area, it'll like work in like a spiral pattern from there, building depots or something on its own. Oh my gosh, that'd be brilliant! Right, but it would, it would still so be amazing. It could be one of those things that you know, like when people use the uh, for the the command center, they, they do like the I, I, there's there's like a word for it, right? Whenever you do the supply depot, uh, like it's like to make you look like a noob or something. It's like that's kind of like I heard some casters have they'll make definitely make fun of the player whenever like especially a professional player they're like oh, how many times are you gonna do this like <laughs> just build supply depots um, but it's that sort of thing it's like it's a surefire sign of somebody who's either lazy or just like is so busy with microwing and stuff suddenly they start seeing that straight line <laughs> supply depot building oh like Roblox or something. <laughs> It's You're on a right diagonal up. right through the production, like blocking the add-ons or something. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, right. That's how. That's how the casters immediately like this guy is freaking out. <laughs> he has put his SCVs on auto build depot mode. See, I think that could go horribly wrong. I'd be the guy who control clicks these SCVs and does it for all of them in the mineral line. Well, there goes your 3K mineral bank, man. I mean, you just built 30 depots at once. Good on you. <laughs> Never get supply blocked again. <laughs> I mean, I was already at 200 supply, so I guess it's oh, uh, like... Oh, really never get supply blocked again. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'm Yeah, I'm also pretty reluctant to suggest like major balance changes unless it's pretty obvious that the pros are struggling with something. I can't remember what WCS Terminate was, but every single ZDP that I watched or cast, the Zerg went for a Hydra push at about 12 minutes, and I did not see a single Protoss player figure out how to deal with it. And after the tournament was done, yep, nerf to Hydra <laughs> from Blizzard. So yeah, I don't see that. I don't see anything like that right now. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's in a good state. It's interesting. Um, Swarmers were a little bit of a hot issue uh, last season before BlizzCon. Um, because of map vetoes, we didn't really see it that much in ZVP. People were like, hey, swarm hosts are just, you know, so good. And they nerfed the, the movement speed um, earlier this year at some point. Before that, they were just insane. Like, <laughs> the funny thing is, like, Blizzard do like to do this thing. They make a unit too strong. They're like, we want to make it too strong. People use it a lot, and then we'll turn it back. And then, like, something yep. with the swarm host, it's like, it doesn't matter how strong you make it. It's such a weird, fancy unit. People still won't use it, even though it's grossly OP. So, like, before, they were, like, stim marines, like, off creep. They cost 100 mineral 75 gas, which they still cost. They're still very cheap. They had 200 hit points. I think they're down to 160 now. So you, you could be like dropping immortals on them. And like, you'd be like, sweet. I just spent like a minute of APM to kill three of the 16 swarm hosts or something. It's like, it, it was just insane. And you just like dart in and throw locusts and dart out. And it was just this kind of weird thing where thankfully they slowed them off creep. 
But um, there were certain yep. maps. Was it? It was like Lambo would just look gross with it on uh, Dreamcatcher. He'd like just like yeah. he's, I got creep to the middle of the map, and now my locust can just like kill your high templar wherever they are and i was like oh my lord this looks op <laughs> but it was kind of map dependent <laughs> oh yeah, yeah just flying them over those little um i call them berms but just little like narrow ridgeways that you can't walk through you have to walk around on Dreamcatcher. yeah just floating them over that it's really hard to access the swarm host at that point they sit back and kind of fire with impunity oh i think those are called siege tank havens Oh yeah, yeah. that dude. Officially siege tank buddies. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, patient, patient exactly. Terran players on that map. Yeah, the tank spreads were like, oh my lord, how do I get on top of these? Well, and I think too another uh, thing with Stormhost is they've got a forty-one second cooldown on spawn locust, and forty-one seconds is a long time in a StarCraft two match, and so that's forty-one seconds. You have all the supply tied up in something that's not literally doing anything for you at all. Um, and so, I mean, it doesn't make it worthless, obviously. Like you said, it's still very good, but I think a lot of people are drawn away from using Swarmhost just because of that really long cooldown. Exactly. It makes it finicky, doesn't it? Like, um, yeah, I can't remember the game, but it was like one of the small maps and the Protoss just like well before the third was saturated. It was in the middle of the map, Immortals, a couple of Archons, and uh, I think it was Stats. Stats versus someone. And um, it was in the middle of the map and had like, yeah, the Archons charged lots of mortals. It was just, it's like, I'm not going to fight. I'm just going to clear creep and, and keep threatening you. And oh, you used your Locust. Cool, I'll run back. Locusts are gone. Move back, yep. clear creep. And it's like, it's so funny because it's, um, I mean, that's the nature of RTS games, right? Things either work very well or they don't. But there's units that do it more than that. And Swarmhost, one of them, it's like, well, if you've got the center of the map and you've got your creep there, and you've got just a slightly better army than the, the Protoss. So the Protoss kind of feels like they should be defensive. They pull back for a second into their territory, which is a very common Protoss thing. And it's like, oh, locusts are launched next to the third base. They can pick the High Templar, they can pick the probes, they can do whatever they want. And it gets really scary there, yeah. Yeah, but if you don't have that exact situation where they're incredible, they're actually kind of bad. Exactly. So, <laughs> so that's the all or nothing situation, yeah. Yeah, Blizzard does that actually with World of Warcraft 2, um, where they'll introduce a new class, and it will be amazing. It'll be incredible to get people to play it because it's a new thing and people are hesitant, and then they nerf the crap out of it after a few months of people really getting used to it. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be yeah, like a common a game, thing. game thing at the moment, right? Yeah, you always release the new things, but it'd be like card games um i don't know about magic because i haven't really kind of played across enough magic sets but like hearthstone and everything it's like well we want people to buy the new cards so you just make them better they are good. than the, the previous set and so it's just like a, a grade of everything getting a little bit stronger um you know you release a new gun in a, a br half the time it's pretty op <laughs> and um <laughs> actually do you guys play any br games uh, well, I, I've, I, I played a lot of PUBG, but i haven't i've definitely calmed down on it yeah, yeah me too so. I haven't been playing as much, but um, I don't know if you, if you guys ever like dip back in. Cause I, I find if I do that, especially PUBG was the main one. I played a lot with Todd on our laptops mm. in hotel rooms like two years ago. <laughs> um, when it was a year and a half ago when it was first getting, getting quite big. And um, it's so funny. Cause you go back and like all the guns are just different. Like the recoil is just totally different. Like, oh, this is not an AK-47 anymore. It looks like an AK-47, the skin, but it's like a completely different gun. And then it's, it's funny because right. that kind of gives me perspective into, you know, you get people coming back who don't play StarCraft as regularly as us. And they're like, what the hell? Wasn't the Oracle meant to like entomb the minerals or something? And I'm like, oh, 
you haven't been around oh. for a long time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and these people get confused what? by it, like, oh, but doesn't the unit this do this? Or doesn't this do this? And I'm like, oh, I forgot it used to do that. And it's, it's weird because yes. we're playing all the time. So we just take it for granted. But other people come back and they're like, it's a completely different game. What's going on? <laughs> my, oh, my, no. can't, my pylons are no longer offensive units. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I went back and watched an early Legacy of the Void cast that I made back in 2015. And I had totally forgotten the disruptor used to... F- push itself into the middle of the opposing army, explode, and then have to get out before it got killed. <laughs> I totally forgot what? that's how it was designed initially. It was amazing. In the beta, really? I can't even remember that. That was so long ago. I can't I know. remember that. That's crazy. That might have been the beta, or it might have been just, just right after it was released. But I remember watching that, and <sighs> like Protoss were good with it. It was really good. And watching it now, I'm like, there's no way that's viable. Like Players <laughs> are too good at splitting now. <laughs> And then they just murder your disruptor and you're done. Yeah, it was like a YOLO ball. It's just like, ah, yeah. just dives into combat, explodes, and then tries to waddle out. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it was very much a waddle. It did not have a good move speed at all, yeah. for sure. It was literally just a player <laughs> saying, I have too much gas. <laughs> I have way too much gas. Let me just throw it at your army and see if it does something. It's a Protoss Baneling. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think of like what the weirdest ones of those is. Like, because there has been so many changes over the years, right? Um, oh, the Immortal Barrier, when it first came out, it blocked 200 damage rather than 100 now. Yeah, and oh my god. Wasn't it player activated too? Like you had to get in there and like hit the ability. I think you did, yeah. I don't think there was an autocast yep. back then. Damn, I like totally forget you even can turn that off autocast. <laughs> I'm like, hell no. <laughs> I'm like doing the uh, the like uh, the, the cannon butt rush with the batteries and stuff and the, the immortals. I'm like, I have two immortals in a warp prism and I still won't turn it on manual cast. I'm that lazy. Like a single slow zergling comes up and activates my barrier and I'm like, nope, still can't be bothered, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was looking into it. The only units, maybe not the only units, but three units that Blizzard hasn't messed with in StarCraft 2 at all are the Zealot, the Marine, um, and holy smokes. What was the third one? Zealot, Marine, Oh, yeah, because the, the, the Stalker got changed massively as well. I take that for granted. Yeah. A lot of, no, right. and the Zergling. It is the Zergling. I was, I was second-guessing myself there. But, yeah, as far as HP totals and damage that they do, never been touched, never been changed the history of StarCraft Two. Oh, except Adrenal did get that upgrade, but that's pretty... Yes. That's, like, not really the core, basic. Yeah. Correct. And Charge has been changed quite a few times as well. But as far as the yeah. basic stats for a Zealot, they've always had the same HP and always had the same damage that they deal. So they don't want to mess with the core, it seems. Adrenal Glands is still, like, 40%, right? That's when I always... Yeah. Read. it's That's so obscene. It's <laughs> real, real good. <laughs> oh, my god! Like, it is really... It is really rare to see a Zerg player get into that hive tech and not just immediately jump on adrenal glands. It just makes your lings so much better. It's so funny because like it can feel so hopeless playing like ZVP sometimes when the protest is really well covered and you're like, ugh. And the moment the game gets scrappy and like <laughs> low economy, you just get 20 lings into an undefended base and you're like, oh, kill 30 probes in a nexus in eight seconds. You're like, what just happened? Like, this is just crazy how punishing they are. The moment you can't like wall everything off and cover every angle and they get surface area, everything just disappears. They're such a good unit in those scrappy games. And it's been that way since Brood War. I remember, what was it? Maybe 1999, I'm playing with a guy and he shows me his favorite thing to do in all of StarCraft is 
get a bunch of cracklings, get that adrenal gland upgrade, fly them into an enemy base with overlords, drop them, and just melt opponent's entire Goodbye base. Because crackling DPS was even amazing back then. So we're going on 20 years. This has been a thing with lings where they're good early game, they kind of lose their utility a little bit mid game, and then adrenal glands pops, and they are amazing. They're really good. I still think they're the back backbone of the army the entire game, but that's just a. Uh... I also play, you know, seven-minute StarCraft games. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, good for the first seven minutes. Backbone of the entire Zerg army. <laughs> like, I mean, people keep up talking Duddles about this late game, and I'm like, you mean whenever they GG at seven minutes? Like, uh, so or whenever I realize that I'm not winning at seven minutes, and I'm just like, ah, I'm ready for my next game. What's your late game there, Duddles? Uh, you know, 45 dry iron <laughs> Hydra timing? You're like, yeah, Hydra's the late game unit, man. Like, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah, really, I get the movement speed upgrade for it. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, my Bane bus didn't work. <laughs> I have to make a different... I better get the layer real quick. <laughs> nice, casual, seven-minute, six, seven-minute layer timing. Well, so good. going back to you, Duddles, you said that used to be how you played. Right. Have you adjusted I, to more of like a you're capable of late game now? Um, well, no, I mean, I do. Whenever I ladder, I... Uh, it really depends on, you know, because my, my schedule isn't isn't easy for sure to, to sit down and, like, grind out StarCraft. So some, a lot of times when I sit down and play StarCraft, it's usually just kind of a stress reliever. It's just like a, a nostalgia, you know, like, oh, I need to get my itch in. So I play, like, you know, five, six ladder games. And whenever I play those games, I might just cheese because that's what muscle memory does. But, I mean, like, yeah. usually when I ladder, I will intentionally play a little outside of my comfort zone. You know, I'll make I'll, – I'll, I've made swarm hosts before. Like, I promise I have. I've seen what I've seen what tier three units do. I've I've made ultralists into straight, you know, like I think it's a strategy where you go into like, you know, you go ling ling bane hydra into ultralists into losing your entire base. Um, that's I like that strategy. I use that one a lot. <laughs> classic, classic stuff. I mean, I was wondering because I mean, there's the uh, the big the big thing that a laser wrote in the players lobby a few weeks ago now. So this isn't news news, but he basically says, hey. Me and Sorrow are the same guy. We're both EU Zergs, both about the same skill level a couple of years ago, really in the same spot. And then Sorrow started to really work on this macro style, defend, 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 while getting up to a ton of workers, defend, defend, defend um, style, really intending to get into the late game, where Zerg can be very good, assuming you have the control and the ability to manage it. Whereas a laser just kept going for, you know, two base all-ins, three base plays, things like that, really didn't work on that. And now Sorrow is BlizzCon champion, and a laser doesn't feel like he's progressed all that much. So it just it does feel like that's the case. It feels like if you want to get too much, you know, pretty high in the ladder, you really do need to start developing something beyond these little one base, two base plays, the cheese, the aggression, because eventually you're going to reach a point in the ladder where people have seen this a million times and know how to shut it down, mm -hmm. and then you're in trouble. Oh, boy, do I know it. <laughs> you have any personal experience with that? <laughs> a couple times. Uh, I did play a best of seven against like, Terran, and the only thing I really know how, like, I, my only solid build against Terran is a Bane Bust. I just don't know. Um, oh, it depends on their play mm. style, but the way that I know that this guy played Siege Tank Heavy, so that I, 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 I cannot defend long enough to get Broodlords out. I'm just, you know, I, just ha I, I F2 it, you know, and I, I have a lot of bad habits. No matter how many pig videos I've watched, I still have terrible habits. It's my own damn fault. Um, <laughs> but but I Bane busted this guy, like, it was a best of seven. I, I had four successful Bane busts, you know, like, I, he was pretty pissed. But, I mean, like, he also, he had three successful defenses. It was just, like, fortunately I played a guy who just didn't practice against Bane busts very often. But if I were to actually take this above, like, a Diamond 3, Diamond 2 level... I, there's no way I'd be able to pull that off. Like, after the second game or second win I'd get, that would be it. 
Like that person would do nothing but defend that and just just kicked my ass. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely know that I, I've hit a ceiling for sure in StarCraft and I, I really need to work on that sort of thing. And I, I think anybody else should too. It's cheesing is definitely not how you practice StarCraft. Especially not as Zerg. It can be like a learning tool, right? Like it can be something, but like there's there's got to be like other skills that add on. Like it's it's always weird, right? Because it's like cheese in of itself, like right, is is not going to get you there. But then if you like have enough backed up plans and branches mapped off, and you've got like a little bit more depth to your play, it adds so much to the cheese, right? Like Hass, right? He's kind of terrible at macro, but he can kind of yep. go to like several next steps of of cheese. Where, like, he can mm-hmm. do, like, a three-base mineral saturation, gigantic adept timing kind of decently. It's, sometimes he throws games mm-hmm. doing it. Because it's not fantastic, but, like, the fact that he can do that when just headbutting isn't going to do it, like, adds so much depth. So it's kind of interesting, though, this whole idea of, like, do you... The perfect way to play StarCraft is just to keep defending, but there's an intersection, right? There's, there's a point where you're trying to play more perfect than you possibly can. So you should mm-hmm. you you should you should strive to be the perfect defensive macro reactive player who plays strategically really well. This gives you very little time. You're reacting constantly because you're adjusting to what your opponent's doing. So they're the one who's setting the pace of you need to respond to this. You need to respond to this. It's always easier to act than to react, right? You can look at strategy in any sports or competition, and it's like find a way to force your opponent to respond to you. And then the next level is also if you can predict how they're going to respond to what you're doing, you've got your next step mapped out. And then you can take that many lines forward, right? Um, people always talk about this with like jujitsu, which is a very strategic sport where it's like you're trying to get them to do a move so you can do this other move, which will force them to do this and this. And throughout that series of moves and counter moves, you're going to get them in this position, which they didn't see coming. And you have just the right thing to get the advantageous position. And that's kind of like it's kind of what happens in StarCraft as well. But if you're on the back foot defending, it's always like more punishing. Whereas you you make a play, it doesn't work. You can pull back to your base. You can go to something else. You can do a wild change up. You're on the defense. You mess up and you lose that one siege tank. You're dead. You're out of the game, right? So yeah, yep. you always want to look at it. And, and this is why Serral is so mind-breaking for me. And I've always been like, well, it's legacy. It's a harder game. You want to be more aggressive. And over time, players got a bit better at macro. And they got these pro players got more experience. They understood how to react and adapt more. But Serral has taken it to an entirely new level where other players would have what I thought was a nice balance. They'd mix in timing attacks on all-ins and you'd speak to them and, you, you know, people would sometimes say, oh, well, this isn't always going to work though, right? And even players like Showtime, who we call macro defensive gods, you'd be like, yeah, but you've got to mix this sort of play in because if you're always defending, not only is it really hard and you'll get surprised by things, but you make it easy for your opponent because you're too predictable and they get to take mm. cut corners. They get to get ahead in games. And then there's Serral, who's just like, no, nah, I can just defend like every game. Like he mixes in so few timing attacks and, and, and rushes and kind of somewhat cheesy plays. And they're the few games he loses often when he does them as well. Um, <laughs> right. He lost a 15-14-14 against, uh, I, think it was, I think it was a Rogue Yeah, yeah, the, the Parasite game and Rogue. And I was like, yeah. I can't believe, I call that the dumbass build. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> everybody was. I probably my I Twitter was like blowing up, and my Discord so was blowing. People were like, "They're doing your build." I'm like, "Guys, <laughs> keep that quiet." <laughs> I was like, I was on, I was, I was casting that game on Blizzcon, and I was like, "Oh, he's doing the." And I was like, I had to stop myself. I was like, 
the, the fake expand yeah. build, guys. He's doing a ling rush, and I'm like, normally when I, I'm I remember that exact yeah. moment because oh uh, I seriously because I I've heard you say I've heard you call that a d- the dumbass <laughs> build before, and ever he started it, and, and I and I remember th- taking that to heart because that was like how I got to diamond was doing that build <laughs> in all three matchups. Uh, <laughs> didn't work as well against Terran, but it worked gloriously against Protoss and Zerg. Um, <laughs> but then the rest, I was like, he's doing my build. Uh, then you said it was. I, I was like waiting for you to call it that, but um, I, I that hesitation was fantastic. I heard it. I caught it. <laughs> my man, that's so sick. I was like, I, I, it was so surprising, right? Because like I, I face that, and if I react well, even if I don't see it till the lings are coming, I still hold and get ahead. So I'm like, Cyril's doing right, this yep. to rogue. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to learn something, and then he. He got the first queen, but he couldn't break the ramp, and it was like, no, 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 Rogue defended properly. But um, it is funny, I guess, because Serral used to not mix in any in tournaments. No aggression. So predictable, dude. Like, 2017, Serral, he hit his first finals at the start of 2017 in Yen pretty early that year in the, the WCS season, and he was already considered a massive beast and so hard to beat on the ladder. Um, and I remember seeing his transformation this year and I was like, like at Austin, I was like, oh, he's just like so much harder to predict because he was mixing every best of five, a timing attack. Like uh, it was like the, the queen drop to deal with the Banshees and the Ravager Ling against Terran. Um, did yeah. that to get like some free wins. He was mixing these plays in. And the funny thing is you could see the change. This guy had spent so many years grinding his macro to get so good at the defense. And he added just a little bit of aggression in. And he'd get free wins with it sometimes. It was just like, because his opponents felt so pressured to cut every corner they could and to try to play the perfect macro game and not miss a tiny beat. And you can almost see the stress in their play where he would do a very simple timing attack or or kind of rush and they would just die and they would just roll over because they're like, what? I was so focused on beating you seven minutes from now. Now (laughs) now I have to worry about this as well as beating the god of macro. And some of the players are like, oh, you could see the difference and how many free games he would pick up. And I think there was also an endurance effect where he would tire himself less out during the, the course of a day. Because these, these days, lots of games in a day, right? The WCS or whatever. Um, so I think he also kind of just tired himself out less, kept himself fresh, finished some series a bit earlier. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible what he's done with defensive reactive macro play. I didn't think anyone could take it that level. Um, we've seen foreigners say this is the better way to play forever they've said we know how to play koreans don't for a long time and we've always laughed at it and um the koreans were always nope aggressive opportunistic in your face multitasking overwhelm them apm execution not defensive strategy but aggressive strategy controlling play and suddenly cyril's been the, the first player to just stop that in its track and say nope defensive play is better i had to train for many years to get here but he's done it and that's weird because it, it changes everything we kind of know about starcraft 2 and legacy of the void we said this game is more mechanical it'll be harder to do that no Cyril found a way um despite the game being harder than it's ever been so that's just so awesome yeah he's just such a monster unquestionably well it feels like too the strategy is defend defend get up a ton of bases keep those bases and then eventually just poke and pick off um, expansions of your opponent and just starve them out it's never like he goes for the straight up, I'm going to just go right towards your main base. I'm going to wreck your main, kill all of your production. He's going to flirt around the outsides, find the bases that are far away, hit two places at once, pick off a base, pull back, pick off a base, pull back. 
and then eventually get to the point that your opponent just can't keep up economically because he's defending his bases so well. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just it's amazing to you watch. You know, it's interesting because he's done a few streams, and we learned during those, and players have been really, you know, since his rise, everyone wants to know what does he do, how does he play, all the Zerg players especially. And it is interesting because he uses the old... Um, the old noob injecting method, the backspace injecting, once he gets to the, the, the like late mid game slash the late game. Where he's got seven bases. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, you don't need to inject that many bases. You really only need to inject three bases relatively consistently. Unless you're massing Ling Bane, in which case you might need to throw a few extra in there. But even then, just three hatchery is all you need. But like for him, mm. he's like, most, most pros will camera location. They'll jump, box the queen, inject, jump, box the queen, inject. And it'll take like a second at most to do all bases. But yeah. he takes, like, you don't even see it on the stream. Like, if his frame rate is a little too low, you don't even see it because he just spams the, the backspace command. It just goes zoom, 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 and he's just spamming the clicks in the middle of his screen uh, using, using like, rapid fire. So he's, he's just, God. all he's doing is holding what? down two keys. So the thing is, it's not even, it's, it, we call it the noob method because it's inaccurate and your queens will just run to random hatcheries, not even the ones they're next to half the time. But it doesn't matter at that stage. Injection <laughs> is important. And it's fascinating because, like, I know a few other pros had done this for a while, but he's like, I don't need to macro in the late game. Like, I don't need to spend... Well, I can macro off my hotkeys once every minute. He doesn't even bother with injecting every 30 seconds. He's just like, I'll just hold down those keys, keep the injects going. And so he swaps into this mode where he just puts, like, 99% of his focus on his units pretty much 100% and he does it better than anyone else he keeps doing it. like Zerg vs Zerg is the best example but he's done it in some ZVP games especially where he's like down on drones to the probes he's got Roach Hydra only and he'll just like spread his Roach Hydra into three groups and he does he does three groups better than anyone else and he'll just poke them in and out and like from three sides you're like well these don't beat the Immortals Archons and Zealots but he's doing it so well on three sides and he's just pulling back whenever the units are there and he kites off a few zealots and then a stray immortal gets separated from the pack and he kills it. And it's like watching like a pack of wolves hunt down some fucking gazelle or something. Like, they got like a herd and they're like isolating the, the weak straggler and they jump on it. But he's doing it in three places at once. And I've realized like this is crazy because you have to have such good um, flash recognition when you watch his first person view. He sees a screen for a fraction of a second and his brain has memorized the pattern. This pattern means pull back. This pattern means commit. Because that's that's the thing. If you talk to the other players, they're like, his ability to do this while never taking bad engagements is crazy. Because normally if you try to do that, you will inevitably one third of the time overextend a bit and lose mm -hmm. a few too many units. And he almost never does it. And when he does, he catches himself very quickly and go, pulls back. So it's like his ability to just recognize he must have done so much quantity of this three-pronged microing three different areas and pulling his opponent apart it's not like it's flawless but it's just so much better than anyone else we've ever seen so i, I don't know it's just it's, it's crazy yeah, like his ability to do that is yeah it's beyond anyone because he just gets better trades over time by doing that it's almost like he's playing a different game it's the pattern matching game rather than starcraft it's like <laughs> what do you see hit yes or no go you have less than a half a second to react <laughs> exactly he's roboticized if you do himself. it well enough you win uh, yeah, he's he, he's deep mind man. They didn't tell us. <laughs> Google took the body of a young Finnish boy and shoved some robotics in his brain. Like, Jesus. We all thought it was innovation, but no, no, <laughs> that was a, that was the previous model. We that said, man, innovation is also looking great. He started streaming on Twitch recently too, and he's so fun to watch. Yeah. I, think, I think he's back top top five on Korea again, right? Yeah, I think yeah. last time I checked, he is. Well, and two, he streamed with a face cam a couple times that I caught him, and he just does not react to anything at 
all. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's innovation. That's the guy we know. And did, then he just stopped doing it. He's like, who needs a face cam? People aren't <laughs> seeing anything interesting anyway. Did you ever see his interviews on Dank Shrine? I don't think I caught that, no. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good TV. It is literally like, I mean, yeah, there's a translator, you know, but it was Toast. Uh, toast then he's just, you know, like asking questions and trying to be like really jovial and trying to be really funny and getting just like one single word answers. <laughs> Where like even in another language, it was kind of like he, he just pretty much saying like I don't know. Oh my god, I that's guess. so it's, it's so funny. Some of the Korean players of that. Like, that's oh a, man, it was. I like it was the most stereotypical thing that you would expect. I think. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. No, no, that's cool. Have you guys read Wax Angels interviews with like like Tasia was the same back in the day and stuff where. Because he, he kind of like knows, you know, he gets to know the Korean players a bit better. He's the one who they send out for the, um you know, the, what's the signature series? Signature series yeah. videos, right? So they send him out. And okay. He, he's the, <laughs> his job is to dig within that bag of Korean pro player emotions that everyone assumes is empty <laughs> and to get those stories out of there, right? Wax Angel is a legend at this because he's been in the Starcraft scene for so long and he's, you know, he's, he's Korean himself or, you know, American Korean. So he can speak to them in their language, but he's just... It's so funny when you read his written interviews on TL because whenever he's interviewing a player like Innovation, like the whole thing is just him in a trolling exercise to get any reaction. And there'll always be like a preamble <laughs> at the start, just like, yeah, this is like, I mean, he, this is such a meme. Like seriously, like interviewing these guys is such a joke. Like, you know, he's going to give me one word responses. So don't make fun of my questions. Like, and he gets funny responses because he just, he knows the interview is going to be so silly. If he has to go completely bizarre with where he takes the questions or he's going to get nothing out of them. And he like, I guess just harasses them until they give him something. <laughs> but like innovation <laughs> is, yeah, he's, he's just like, nope, nope. He's like, I named myself innovation, but nope, I don't actually innovate. I do the same thing over and over. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's not going to give anything away, is he? <laughs> I really like to make my barracks uh, placed in a way that's aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> like, cool. Like, all right. He's got a framed picture on his wall. <laughs> like a nice base layout or something. I don't know. Do you think that's what that is for innovation? He just doesn't want to give anything away? Like, give his opponents an advantage they can use later? Oh, I think he's just, like, a bit introverted, probably, you know? And just kind of, like, okay. not as yeah, that's expressing Just himself. a bit introverted. <laughs> <laughs> Minor understatement. You know what? It's, it's, it's it. 2018, and I feel like we're at a point where we're starting to realize that a lot of, like, the hardest things... People need to be a little bit special in one way or another to be the best at it, right? Like, like a lot of oh, these sure. like yes. tech geniuses, pro StarCraft players, best best players at any really crazy intense game. Like StarCraft is such a crazy intense, hard experience. There's, uh, you know, I, I think, and we're all on. I mean, people always say about the spectrum, and I'm like, I don't know. There's many different spectrums, I'm sure, right? And then things we're going to figure mm -hmm. out about human thinking in the brain. Um, and, and who knows, maybe that's something we're going to purposefully start, you know, when we, we choose like genes and stuff, you're going to be like, I want a little bit of that. So, so my kid right. can actually be an in incredible Starcraft pro because he's going to have that weird way of seeing things. So it's interesting because you, you, I've met some of the most interesting characters through Starcraft where I'm like, this guy is an absolute genius. And at surface value, you will often get this, like, you know, not comfortable in front of the camera or they just don't, they just like, you know, this is, it's a very inorganic experience talking to a camera or doing an interview right it's this weird thing and and some of them even in a more relaxed one they still won't give anything away but there's always like a way to get underneath the covers right and to get a human response like Cyril wasn't too comfortable in interviews for a while right I think people are starting to finally see his face he's getting a bit more comfortable out mm -hmm. there you see him at home story cup on the couch 
and and people are yep. starting to see those snippets of the meme Serral that the pro players have known for a long time where you know they're just hanging out in a practice area and he's just he's the memeiest guy ever and he's he's joking around he's just a funny chill chill dude right and you you never got that on stage for a really long time and uh yeah i don't know where i'm going with this but basically back on point i think you mm-hmm. get these weird characters where you're not gonna get like the the classic we used to have an idea for success in society right you're like you're kind of a little bit alpha you're confident uh, especially maybe like traditional male characteristics and you're like oh you know i do the business and i do the sport and i'm a leader and um i think there's like other things that make you an amazing genius and potentially the best starcraft player in the world or one of the best as well so they're not always going to be willing to just get up there and bear their soul in front of a camera but uh there's usually a real special way of kind of dissecting the game and that's probably part of why they're so good yeah 100 percent agreed one of the my favorite examples of this is michael jordan considered the best basketball basketball player of all time and the more we learn about him the more people feel like he is legitimately a psychopath he needs to beat every single person in every single thing he competes at <laughs> really i haven't heard that that's awesome i don't know much about yeah like if you play poker with him he is super intense if you play beer pong with him super intense ping pong super intense like he is just wired that way to the point where when he was inducted into the hall of fame he spent the entire time talking about people who did not believe in him back in high school the people who were like ah, i don't know if you can make the grade eh, i don't know if you'll be anything he held on to that throughout his career for decades and it still bothers him to this day and the way he led basketball teams was basically by bullying and just being (laughs) so intense that people were afraid of him but hey it worked right it worked it was weird it was scary but it got him six rings made him the best basketball player of all time and yeah really weird personalities but great success that's insane I'm, I'm, I'm like googling some articles now yeah there's some fascinating that's crazy it's so yeah wow and there's stories that he would punch teammates in practice like if what? they did something he didn't think was up to his standards he just deck them send them to the floor and people would be like but you can't do that it was michael jordan like you couldn't tell him no He's a scary, scary, intense dude. He punched former Bulls teammate Steve Kerr in the face during a scrimmage. Holy shit. Yeah, I just found that. That's oh it. Practice. My God. Practice. Uh, it's really weird. I mean, you'd never think a baseball player would be that intense. <laughs> Doddles. <laughs> did, he, did he play baseball? I remember him being an actor with, like, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he actually played basketball? I thought he was, I thought that was just in a movie. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought that was just in a movie. They are making Space Jam 2, by the way, with LeBron James. And that should be interesting. Oh, yeah. As a, yeah. a Houston fan. Oh, by the way, so I saw something that you you being a, a jazz fan, I think you would appreciate. Mm. I don't know if I'd be, I'm going to be able to find it. But it's pretty much a, a map that shows uh, the U- United States. It shows every single state. Uh, by the way, sorry, you two Australians. Um, shows every single state. Uh, <laughs> And what Their basketball team? NBA yeah, team. what basketball team they hate the most? And every, literally, every single state is either Lakers, the Lakers or, the, or, the Warriors. or the Warriors, except a couple Celtics. And the only other team is a big old Utah, and it's the Houston Rockets. And man, I I love that that that's like that's the best feeling in the world. I'm, I love that Utah hates the Rockets as much as all of Houston hates Utah. You know? Yep, Feels entirely good. fair. <laughs> that I mean that dates back decades, man. Yeah, yeah. Comes that, back that uh, 1997 team. The Carl Carl out. Malone, man. We did not like yep. that guy. 
No, and then John Stockton hits the three to send the Utah Jazz to the first NBA Finals. That was against Houston. That was a good time. Carl Malone with the best screen of all time against Charles on that play. And by screen, I mean he bear-hugged him and tackled him to, like, the floor. Yeah, the game has changed but, uh, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just real, like, don't want to get too far into this, but, man, James Harden has got to be one of the top five most hated players in the NBA. So that's not just a Utah thing. I'm just going to point that out. Oh, no, he travels every single game. I'm, I'm going to admit it right now. The guy, like, yeah. I see, if you if you zoom in in slow-mo, like, everything he does, he does, like, these little, like, dance step things that are super yeah. illegal, and he gets away with it because it's too fast to see it. Uh, and he flops like a baby to draw fouls uh, and get yeah. free throws. I saw that he has more free throws, more points from free throws than field goal attempts, like, which is insane, yeah. which is crazy that a player who scored that much has gotten more points at the free throw line than he has from actually scoring from the field. So that guy sucks. That's all I'm going to say. And we picked him up from the Thunder. That's all I know. I don't know. It's <laughs> not ours. Um, so my wife works in apartment complex management, and she uh, she she's recently got moved to high rises after we had the baby because she lost her complex that she managed. Um, so she has like these big old downtown fancy high rises that she's kind of just filling in for. Um, and James Harden lived in one of them. Uh, so she'd like meet him and she'd like hold the door open for him and he was carrying a bunch of shit and he would never say thank you. Wasn't, he was apparently just total piece of crap, <laughs> like real, real not nice guy, but really good at basketball. So super um, good. Very true. I'll take That's him. Good. I'll take him on my team. I think, I think Starcraft gets like a, we, we get like a, a nicer brand of special, I think <laughs> without first <laughs> <laughs> for sure. A little bit less intense, a little bit less intense. A little bit more it's angst, true. maybe, though, with some of the players, you know, <laughs> what's their Twitter feeds after they lose a tournament. Very true. I think some of that is a function of money, though. I think if some of these StarCraft players were making tens of millions of dollars a year, we might see some personality changes. Oh, yeah. I think it's hard to be that filthy rich and stay the same person. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, especially the thing with sports in general and any competition, you, could, you know, like sacrifice so much, right? It's like your entire life is a feedback loop saying you get better at this one thing and you will be massively rewarded and nothing else matters. <laughs> and there aren't many yep. things in life that do that for you with sport. It's like, nope, all that matters is the score, right? I mean, that's uh, James Harden you were mentioning, right? It's like, well, he's being rewarded for doing all that stuff. Doesn't doesn't matter yep. if fans, some fans hate him for it. He makes a shit ton of money, right? It's like, it's this crazy thing. And that's why you get, I mean, when professional sport got really big, uh, you know, for, for decades, it was like, cool. And then they retire and they've wasted all their money and they all have drug addictions and gambling addictions. They've got no money invested and they're like broke by the time they're 40 or 50 or they're living on the streets and shit. And you're like, you know, they, they were like, this is bad for the sports image. And they started to be like, we should educate these players <laughs> so that they don't do this. But you still get like things um, a year or two ago, like there's an Australian football player. It was just like a clip of him at some party. And he's just like, got his dick out. And he's just going up to girls and trying to like, he's like, hey, baby, look at my dick or something. And then he pisses himself. And you're like, you're like, this, this guy's really good at football. And that's clearly all he's good at. Like, you know, and he's being rewarded for it. So he's still a very confident guy. <laughs> but he's pissing himself with his dick out on camera in a room filled with people. Like, you know, this, okay. Like, you know, and then they're like, oh, we're doing education training with him and blah, blah, blah. And he's suspended for X matches. And you're like, yeah, that's good. Mm. Probably need some more of that. Mm. And, and we'd, we'd see probably more of that if StarCraft players had more money. They'd be, you'd be like, oh, you guys need to get some development skills in x area or something because i'm sure there'd be some <laughs> shit shows going on as well well yeah i mean you know this is true because when you hear about a professional athlete who's worth a hundred million dollars and he's not 
a total asshole, it's like, wow, how amazing is that? What an amazing human being. He's not the worst person on earth. Give that guy a gold star. <laughs> this guy's been involved yeah. in zero murder scandals. This is fantastic. Right. Oh, my God. Like, LeBron James is widely considered an amazing dude because he's literally never been arrested for anything and never been, like, even hinted about being doing domestic abuse. That's it. That's all he has to do is not get arrested and not beat his wife. End of discussion. Ah. And he's incredible. I mean, when you're that good, it doesn't take a lot, right? Like, you, you just smile and you, you say something that's just like, yeah, he's like, thanks for the fans. Like, zero inflection. Be like, oh, my God, he loves us so much. He's so graceful. Oh, this is incredible. <laughs> Man, I wish I was really good at basketball now. <laughs> Does uh, sound nice. Does sound nice. Before we move on from Sarah, though, I just want to say I'm so glad he fixed his signature. Before Before. We've already moved on. We're kind <laughs> so of still we're ten, tangentially talking about Sarah in this anyway. But, man, <laughs> his signature from when he won BlizzCon and he's signing those autographs, I was like, what is happening? How is this possibly an adult human signature? <laughs> and I just... I assume he just locked himself in his room for 23 hours a day. He'd been playing StarCraft for the last five years of his life and never got to the point where he said, someday I'll need to sign autographs. Maybe I should work on that. It just never came up. I'm just <laughs> sure he had never crossed his mind. Yeah, I think, I think, that, it's fixed I think now, that happens. So we're good. You're just like, well, I've never need to sign anything. Yep. Just finished high school and stuff. <laughs> guess it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think out of everyone here, Pig, you've made the smartest decision and made your name only three letters, so it's the easiest to sign. <laughs> I still don't even have a proper signature for it. I literally just draw capital P, lowercase <laughs> I, capital G, and then I do a little piggy tail squiggle. Oh, that's perfect. It's there perfect, you go. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all you need. If I've got a lot of time Ooh. and I'm really bored, then I might draw like a little cartoon pig as well, and people get to see why I uh, am not an artist. They're like, whoa! You just you just drew a child's demented crayon scratching on my thing. Thanks. Like my t-shirt's ruined. And I'm like, no worries. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> oh man! All right. So I think we're coming up on probably the end of our time here. But I just wanted to hear from Pig what your favorite thing in the StarCraft world that happened in 2018 was, with the exclusion of anything with Cyril. Thank you for that exclusion. Uh, otherwise, I would have needed uh -huh. to throw that one in. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I think, I think, um, this year, actually, it's like, it's got kind of like, um, it's not really one thing, but I'll, I'll cheat a little bit. So it's, it's kind of mm. like SC20 and general in-game, like, promotion and on-stream promotions. Like, remember all the SC20, you know, those, like, stream Twitch integration, um, obviously, this all helps me a lot as a streamer, but it's just been cool to see the the streaming community grow so much. Um, and, you know, like Neuro and everyone's stream has grown so much. Mine has grown a lot this year, but it's just been cool to see Blizzard kind of doing more of these like SC20 promotions, more Twitch promotions. It, I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's just been such better kind of marketing of, of the community um, in that regard. And it's been really cool to kind of just see... The negativity evaporate this year, I feel. And last year as well, to yeah. some extent. But I mean, you guys have been around a while. Go back to 2014, yep. 2015. It was like, oh my God. 
most fucking dramatic, angsty, emo stock like gaming scene. It was so shit. Everybody was worried that Blizzard treated StarCraft like some redheaded stepchild, and they loved Overwatch more than us. And yeah, there was a lot of complaining about that. That I, you're right. I don't hear nearly as much talk about that. Number one, Rah, League of Legends. You know, and like they like dragged on, and oh my gosh, it was. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely some hard times with StarCraft, and you know, WCS and the chaos in the early years of it, and that sort of thing. But it's just nice to be at a, a more stable point. I say this, of course, on the eve of HGC closing down and everyone losing their <laughs> shit over that. But that's something where I, I don't think it's a, a similar scenario at all for StarCraft, um, as much as Blizzard is clearly reorganizing. So I don't know. I just I feel like it's it's people that like StarCraft are here. And the, the, the cool thing is, you know, people are like, well, it's not the big esports. So it's not going to be around. And it's like, no, just the people that like the game are here now. And I feel like there's a lot of these kind of mm. kind of hanger-on sort of people who just go from number one esport to number one esport. And they're the ones who are super like, oh, my God, no, uh, PUBG's a dead game now. Wow. You know, it's like 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 one week after Fortnite started getting big, people are like, ah, it's dead. Did you guys hear? The TI prize pool is only a million dollars bigger than it was last year. Dota's dead. And you're like, oh, dead games. Get out of here. I'm so happy they've all been purged from the StarCraft scene now. I'm like, yes, take your angst elsewhere. Oh, there's millions of people that love this game and play it every 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 day and every week and every month, and it's awesome. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like this year has been, been great in, in that regard. And the, the Serral and everything else on the top of that has just been the cherry on top of the cake, I guess. A big cherry, but still. Big, delicious cherry. How about you, Duddles? Um, so, I think, you know, bias only because I was there, but, you know, uh, God, Mana's Austin run, I think, was... It, and that kind of even touches on some of the things that Pig was saying. I, it, it, that was just incredible, to, especially to watch live. I mean, I've never been to a StarCraft event live. I've never been to a gaming event live. And then to see, like, Mana put up those games um you know if we're talking about pvt like his special series was absolutely phenomenal um i mean it was just the scrappiest starcraft i've ever seen it, it was amazing um but yeah dude it, i think i think the community has really been nice to me especially uh uh with how how inactive i've become in 2018 but i don't know man um, this has just been a great year. It's it's really been you know 2017. I, I was whenever I was just getting into StarCraft again. Um, so 2018 has been like, okay, you got it now. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do with it? Uh, and I, I think it's really easy to to get involved in a community. And, and despite the fact that I can't really do anything with it anymore, uh, it's been great, man. I, I love this community to death, and uh, I love you guys. I thank you so much, Falcon Paladin Pig, and, and you know Somicron for for being the the glue behind it all. Uh, this is this is all all that's great. I'm very thankful for all of it. What is this Thanksgiving? I, I don't even know what we're supposed to be doing right now. Uh, it's like two weeks ago. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so it's like we all go around and say what we're thankful for. No, but um, <laughs> honestly, but the mana's mana's uh, uh, run in Austin was definitely to me. Beside you know for for Sans Cyril runs, that is definitely I think one of the most impressive and coolest things that I that I've ever seen. I concur. Samacron highlight would probably be GSL versus the world which is in my mind like what laid the foundation for the Serral v the Koreans in the world championship at Anaheim uh, seeing him and like the t seeing him win that really kind of I think seeded the idea that he could really do this right even more than winning the uh, other championships but it's him versus it was him versus Korea 
and I had so much fun watching that series. Yeah, it definitely was the first time anybody was like, "Ooh, hang on, this might actually be something." It just we one thing we do need in 2018. Uh, I think the only thing StarCraft is missing is a like a best of five Maru Serral. Like mm. we just need it. We need a showcase. Like they need to. Twenty twenty. This had already happened. Right? I missed. Like like next year or. Yeah. No, no. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, like, in the next week or two. I would like that <laughs> as well. Sad. I tried to. I yeah. tried to set it up. Maru's like, only if we can play with no lag. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll have to wait till they're in the same continent. <laughs> and I'm like, that yeah, makes sense as well because you don't want to. You don't want to like do it and they're like playing with like one. One's a lag. One's not or something. Well, like they both mm-hmm. play with a bit of lag. Um, check out. I, I looked at Illegalac by the way, and right now, Maru rating three thousand and twenty-nine. Serral rank two three thousand and twenty-eight. One oh Illegalac rating between them. <laughs> <laughs> we got robbed of Serral Maru from BlizzCon. I don't know what happened to Maru, but I was so I looking forward to, to that. He he played against the only person who could beat him for sure. Yeah, that's fair. And also, Somicron was betting on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put together a bet for BlizzCon where I backed Serral and he backed Maru, and whichever player got the furthest in the tournament, somebody would have to pay up, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, it was very clear early on that Somicron was in a whole lot of trouble. It was not great. <laughs> was this like a financial I, I, bet, or was it like... This was Somicron had to sing Let It Go from Frozen, oh, and uh, we put it on the podcast. Oh, which episode? <laughs> nope, no, don't, don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. No, I'm... <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head. It was the one after BlizzCon. I don't know. Okay, okay, that's good enough. I, I mean, they come out about a week, week and a half after, so I, I can figure it out because I need I need some something to commute to work to tomorrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I just one of these days we've got to get when Maru and Serral, while they're both at the top of their games, where they both match up against each other in a best of seven series and just see who comes out on top. I, I mean, I would quit my job to watch oh, that if it yeah. came down to it. I'd be like. I'm there. Yep. <laughs> All right. <sighs> All right. Go. Anything else anybody needs to cover? Anything you want to plug? Pig, where, we, where can we find you? Pig has some stuff. Yeah. Uh, Google Pig, Google Starcraft. And uh, it'll come yeah, up. Like two separate Google searches? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, com- <laughs> then combine them both. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I just, I, my main thing is Twitter, uh, Twitch, I guess, streaming every day or YouTube. So it's, it's what, Pig Starcraft on YouTube. Uh, big congrats, by the mm-hmm. way, um, Falcon, 30k subs, my man. Well done. Yeah, awesome news. very happy about that. Thank you. Um, yeah, so YouTube is Pig Starcraft, Twitch is X5 underscore Pig. I should probably remove that team name from that and Twitter at one point, but... Till then we're all good thanks for having me on guys appreciate it it's a cool cool podcast yeah. i um i've only listened to tiny bits in the past so looking forward to adding it to the uh the regular thing i have like 36 podcasts i listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. and i'm like i'm always like <laughs> rotating between which one i'm listening to so look forward to kind of adding this to the more regular list thanks for having me on guys appreciate it yeah thanks for being here it's a lot of fun and duddles where can we find you uh, you can find me on Dank Shrine on Twitch uh, about once every four months right now because of just uh, scheduling issues <laughs> and stuff. But I am planning on getting uh, – I actually just talked to Toast. So we are about to start going into full overdrive again, and I'm going to be an- interviewing so many people you've never heard of. I'm so excited. But, uh, yeah, Twitch, uh, Dank Shrine, and Twitter Duddles1, the number one, because I'm on original. Cool beans. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us as well, Duddles, and providing your perspective. 
All right, well, thanks for joining us for another edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour. Thanks again to special guests, Duddles and Pig. Very lovely gentlemen. Please do follow them on the places where you can find them on the internet. They will entertain you, I guarantee it. Also, please check out our merch in the show notes. And um, if you feel like it, support us on Patreon. And until next time, as always, thanks for hanging out with us. And you take care of yourself. I'm going to press stop on Audacity.